is out. Natural learning is in. Hey there, I am Kelly Edwards, your host of this podcast and creator of the 90-Minute School Day. This is not your typical homeschooling podcast. Here, you will find out-of-the-box stories from the trenches, trainings, tools, and tips to guide you forward. Yes, I like alliteration. We will also share results and mindset shifts to support you in your journey of living and learning alongside your out-of-the-box neurodiverse kids. I'm so glad you're here. Have you ever noticed how reading aloud can transport you to a magical world full of heroes and trials? It's a cherished tradition that transcends generations, connecting us to shared struggles, places in time, and each other. The act of reading aloud goes beyond the mere recitation of words. It is a secret doorway to language development, cognitive growth, and meaning. Today, let's embark on a journey to explore why reading aloud is more than just words on a page. We'll chat about how language develops, what happens when we read aloud, and when we are read aloud too. This episode is the first in a three-part series on the transformative power of reading aloud. We are going to dive deep into the neuroscience, dig around in anthropology, and understand the mechanics and benefits of why reading aloud is the number one thing you need to include in your home learning life. Let me show you what I mean. There was once a shoemaker who worked very hard and was very honest, but still could not earn enough to live upon. And at last, all he had in the world was gone save just leather enough to make one more pair of shoes. He cut his leather out, all ready to make up the next day, meaning to rise early in the morning to do his work. His conscience was clear and his heart light amidst all of his troubles. So he went peaceably to bed, left all his cares to heaven, and soon fell asleep. In the morning, after he had said his prayers, he sat himself down to his work, when to his great wonder, there stood the shoes already made upon the table. The good man knew not what to say or think at such an odd thing happening. He looked at the workmanship and there was not one false stitch on the whole job. All was so neat and true. It was quite a masterpiece. That same day, a customer came in and the shoes suited him so well that he willingly paid a higher price than usual for them. And the poor shoemaker, with the money, bought the leather enough to make two pairs more. In the evening, he cut out the work and went to bed early that he might get up and begin betimes next day. But he was saved all the trouble, for when he got up in the morning, the work was done, ready to his hand. Soon in came buyers who paid him handsomely for his goods so that he bought leather enough for four pair more. He cut out the work again overnight and found it done in the morning as before. 
And so it went on for some time. What was got ready in the evening was always done by daybreak, and the good man soon became thriving and well off again. One evening, about Christmas time, as he and his wife were sitting over the fire chatting together, he said to her, I should like to sit up and watch tonight, that we may see who it is that comes and does my work for me. The wife liked the thought, so they left a light burning and hid themselves in a corner of the room, behind a curtain that was hung up there, and watched what would happen. I've just read aloud to you. Did the words come to life? Dancing through the airways? Were you transported to another time and place? Could you visualize the setting and the characters? Did you desire to discuss this with someone else? Reading aloud isn't just about speaking words. It's about sharing an experience. It's a mini theater production where you, me, and the words all come together for a grand show. Researchers like neuroscientist Dr. John Hutton have shown that reading aloud lights up part of the brain that handle language and emotions. It's like a brain workout with all the feels. Let's begin today's training answering the following questions. How does language develop? What is reading? What are the benefits of reading aloud? We'll conclude our training with tools to implement and mindsets that shift. We'll close with a storybook ending to help us visualize how reading aloud can impact our homeschools. How does language develop? We think, we converse, we write, and then we read. In other words, the writer's process. If you think it, you can say it. If you can say it, you can write it. And if you can write it, you can read it and so can others. Let me explain. Language acquisition is a superpower we're born with. It is what separates us from the rest of the animal world. Language develops during infancy by hearing, seeing, touching, tasting, in other words, experiencing. It's a full sensorial process. From day one, our brains are soaking up words and sounds and tying them to objects and experiences. As neuroscience shows, the first three years of life are crucial. It's the largest period of brain growth in a human's lifetime. The second largest occurs during puberty. It's in these first formative years we are wiring our brains for language, communication, and attachment. It's a bit like planting seeds in a garden. Reading aloud gives those seeds water and sunlight. Every child is different, but fluency in their native tongue typically happens in this window of time. Even if your child is nonverbal, their understanding of the spoken word is developing. For those with hearing challenges, language in the form of signing or reading lips develops instead. Language is more than just the spoken word, as we all know. Language is in our body behavior and our facial expressions, and so those are also being learned at this time. After understanding and mastering conversational language, the human brain begins to focus on writing as the next language acquisition, making reading the last step in literacy. 
So what is reading? According to the United States Department of Education, Educational Resources Information Centers, I quote, reading is a process in which information from the text and the knowledge possessed by the reader act together to produce meaning. Good readers skillfully integrate information in the text with what they already know. This definition of reading sounds a lot like the definition of learning from prior episodes, doesn't it? And it's all interrelated. Everything is connected. Let's return to the campfire and dust off a bit of anthropology class. If you're not familiar with that term, it's the study of human origin and development. Before the invention of writing, humans shared conversational oral traditions with one another. From technical information, transactional exchanges, songs, or storytelling. Next, they added writing. The earliest known writing has been found in cave art around the world, which is pictures, not words. Later, those pictures became pictograms, ideograms, and logograms. Lastly, many cultures moved to alphabets. Reading is when we learn what these 2D pictures or symbols mean and associate them with the 3D word or idea in real life they represent. Interpreting these letters involves intersection with our own observations and experience. And this happens at a different age for every learner. I wanted to take this moment to invite you to join us for guide training starting on October 5th. Registration is open now and it ends on October 3rd. Take a moment to visit the show notes and learn more about guide training. Reading and writing allow us to communicate or converse, if you will, with someone across space and time. I can leave a drawing in a cave of a successful hunt to tell later humans who occupy the cave about that hunt. I can write down laws, religious text, poetry, stories, or I can keep an inventory to share information with others about my physical presence and time. Reading and writing allow us to teach ourselves without the teacher present. Next to the fire, it might be the most transformative invention humankind has made. Our kids are on the same journey as early man. Individual experiences and observation alongside conversation develops rich language first. While that continues, yes, it doesn't stop, a child moves into conceptualizing that their toddler scribbles can now form preschool basic shapes that resemble and communicate things or ideas. For example, a son pictures of their families, human figures, and other things that they observe in their natural world. Early elementary kids add arms, legs, fingers, clothes, and we're going to talk more on writing in a future podcast series, so I'll leave that there. It's in these ages and stages that pre-readers are decoding picture books. They are reading the story based on the illustrations. Chapter books are inaccessible for younger kids, 
kids with developmental challenges, or kids who don't have interest or patience to read independently yet. Reading aloud bridges this gap. Providing rich literature and complex storylines to children who are intellectually ready for the material, though their independent reading skills may lag, is what reading aloud does. Reading aloud to your child in its simplest form provides a community oral story, and all human beings love a good story. When a book is read aloud, it captures our attention, it inspires our imaginations, and teleports us to another place in time. Another thing I want to note from the Educational Resources Information Center is another quote. It says, the meaning constructed from the same text can vary greatly among people because of differences in the knowledge they possess. Isn't that good? I'll read it one more time. The meaning constructed from the same text can vary greatly among people because of the differences in the knowledge they possess. I, I read this quote because I think this concept is so powerful. Reading is alive. Reading aloud is a collaborative process that is uniquely created by the individuals involved at that period in time. If you read to the same people in another place in time, the experience will change. One of my favorite things to do is to read Anne of Green Gables every couple of years. And each time I get more from that book because my experiences have changed. And that's talking about independent reading. But this is what reading does for us. This is what learning does for us. Reading aloud lends itself to pausing, interruptions, interjections, and discussion that share not only the combined experiences of those listening, but it also provokes that discussion and expands our thinking that relationship provides us through personal testimony. Living and gaining experiences is a critical part of reading, and so is listening and dialogue. Are you enjoying hearing from other homeschoolers here on the podcast? I want to invite you to send in stories from books you've read aloud, why reading has been foundational in your homeschool, and what things it has changed or surprised you. Take a quick moment and visit the show notes, push the button, and leave me a voice memo. I'd love to feature you on the episode. The next two episodes are going to be all about reading aloud. And then later on in this season, we're going to talk about independent reading. So if you have something you'd like to share there, I'd love to hear from you. Okay, Kelly, I love all of this, but I really am here to hear more specifics on the benefits of reading aloud. No problem. So what are other benefits of reading aloud? Here is some of the cool stuff that happens when we read aloud. Let's first get into the neuroscience of reading aloud. It turns out when we are read to, a captivating synergy or connection unfolds between the speaker, the listener, and the words on the page. According to Dr. John Hutton's research at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center, interactive reading, in other words, reading aloud, stimulates various regions of the brain responsible for language processing, comprehension, attention, and emotional engagement. The act 
of reading aloud promotes auditory processing, word recognition, and even empathy as listeners connect with the character and narrative. Reading aloud exercises and trains many parts of the brain to work together to access individual reading, solo reading. Each area needs to develop independently and then integrate. This is why independent reading can happen anywhere between the ages of 4 and 12. So if you have a 9, 10, 11-year-old who isn't reading independently yet, they are on the latter part of that bell curve. When kids struggle in reading, whether it's due to neurodivergence, interest, access, trauma, developmental delays, or something else, reading aloud gives this child access to these skills and knowledge in a non-judgmental, connected way while their muscles develop in these weaker areas over time. This also works great for whole family learning. Babies to adults enjoy a good story. The most common reason for struggles in reading are visual and attention related. The best practice across the board in addressing these concerns is you. People are always the best resource. Why? Relationship. As already mentioned, when we read aloud, we close the gap between individual ability. We take the focus off the deficit and we place it on the strengths, that child's imagination. And together we grow, and I'm going to have a big list for you here. So we grow connection. Connection is bidirectional and it's a community experience, as we've already said. It's feedback-based. The second thing we grow is interaction. We engage, there's a discussion, there might be a debate, or maybe we reteach concepts already known, which grows mastery. And sometimes we just pause to process. The third thing it grows is attention. Reading aloud also provides relaxation. It's why bedtime reading is so popular. We can travel away from our real life that day. Our muscles relax. We loosen up, which lowers our cortisol and improves our concentration. Reading aloud also grows and exercises our imagination. Reading aloud accelerates reading comprehension. Struggling students can focus on comprehension and thinking about the meaning of the text, not decoding the words or deciding if they want to read or not. Reading aloud gives us the ability to face tough topics. When we encounter something troubling in a book, we can face it head on as a great platform to stop and discuss the issue alongside your family values. Reading aloud gives us a great empathy for others. Multicultural literacy is a great avenue for this. Author, blogger, and speaker Amber O'Neill Johnston, or Heritage Mom blog, speaks a great deal about when we read, we are reading, and that book becomes a mirror, a window, or a sliding glass door. What does that mean, Kelly? A window, a mirror, a sliding glass door? In short, A window is something that you see into someone else's experience or life. A mirror is seeing yourself in the main character. And a sliding glass door is reading a work, uh, a body of work where you can step into the narrative and feel like you are part of the story. Reading aloud also grows our self-worth. 
recognizing through story that we are all in process. We're all on the journey of life together. Reading aloud expands vocabulary and fluency. Reading aloud also improves our grammar and writing. I'm a big proponent of leaving grammar aside for the younger years, and this is why. When we read aloud, we develop an ear for grammar, new ways of expression. We can articulate thoughts. We hear how others articulate their thoughts. There is lots of figurative language in reading aloud and persuasive speech. So we can consume all of this content and develop that ear, which will help us as we get older and actually learning the why to grammar and the meaning will be there because we've got a rich library to pull from. Okay, a few more about benefits in reading aloud. Reading aloud grows a database and a library in the mind, as I've just said, and so we can access knowledge on demand. Reading aloud develops critical and flexible thinking, especially because of the dialogue that occurs naturally when we read as a group. That fosters the next point, which is collaborative discussion. The text and blend of personalities, so who's listening as well as what we're reading and experience that that is what enriches this relational exercise. And the last two things are inquiry, which is simply, it opens up new ideas and concepts to us to get curious about and to drive our interests into another field of study that we just didn't know existed. The last benefit of reading aloud that I'm going to share today, there of course are many, is memory. Let's talk a little bit more, a little bit deeper about memory. Colin McLeod a psychologist at the University of Waterloo, has researched the link between memory and reading aloud. His research has shown that people consistently remember things better if they see them, read them, say or speak versus reading silently to themselves. The same type of phenomena happens according to Norwegian University of Science and Technology when we write by hand. And I'm going to be approaching writing later on in this podcast season. When we write by hand, it engages sight and touch. And if you're writing what you've heard, add our audible sense as well. I think you all know by now how much emphasis I put on multisensory learning. The more senses we can engage in our learning, the more it sticks. This goes for everyone, but especially neurodivergent learners, especially those with executive functioning or sensory challenges. Interactive reading, where you chat about the story as you go, reading aloud in other words, isn't just fun. It's like a mental playground for kids' brains, helping them flex their thinking muscles. Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center even says that these brain workouts amp up critical thinking and give vocabulary a growth spurt. And guess what? The warm and fuzzy feelings you get from reading together, they're like glue that sticks families, friends, and communities closer together. Registration is open now for guide training. It is a live group coaching program, a cohort of parents who gather together for a month and really deepen the transformation in their homeschool. Registration is open now and it ends on October 3rd. Take a moment to visit the show notes and learn more about guide training. Tools we can take from today's training and implement into our homeschools today. Let's make reading aloud a part of your world.
If you're ready to dive or deepen your practice of reading aloud, here's the scoop on how you can make it happen. I have a list of 10 things with one bonus. Number one, time to shine. Set a regular time for reading aloud. It could be a cozy bedtime story, a lazy Sunday afternoon, or even a midweek treat. Consistency is the name of the game. Number two, choice. Allow your children to choose what is read, and you choose too. Notice and observe what they choose. There is so much information there. That book they want to read for the billionth time is still engaging for a reason. They may be decoding the text, parsing apart the narrative, or they need the safety of a well-known story as a comfort. We don't need to know everything, but we just say yes. And like I said, we need to include our choices as well. We're a part of our homeschool as much as our children. The third thing is to collaborate. Taking turns reading aloud and doing all the voices. Reading aloud doesn't just have to be us as parents. We can allow our emerging readers and our competent readers to join us in the fun. Number four, mix it up. Shake things up with different kinds of stories. Go on literary adventures by exploring mysteries or dive deep into some nonfiction gems. Variety is the spice of literary life. Read aloud across a wide range of media with your kids. So don't just read novels, but read biographies, picture books, comics, magazines, menus, your book, recipes, instructions, and fact books. This is a form of strewing. You're strewing ideas through exposure by reading widely across different media. Number five, short is sweet. Novels are amazing, as are longer nonfiction books and biographies, but do not short sell, pun intended, picture books and anthologies. Anthologies are just simply a collection of something, so we can read a collection of short stories. When the interest wanes, close up shop and keep it short until the next read aloud session. Number six, use your finger, left to right and top to bottom when someone is next to you. This shows the order we read for pre-readers and it also helps a new or struggling reader track along with you. Number seven, keep things for your children to do when you read aloud. Allow free movement, and this may seem counterintuitive at first, but research shows it helps kids listen better. If attention is something you're concerned about, consider reading aloud while they're in the bathtub, belted into the car. You can use audiobooks or an older reader in the car, or you can read aloud to them while they're eating. Number eight, audio. While reading aloud is good for us and our kids, it's okay to outsource to audiobooks as well. This can be a great resource for connecting and having fun together during car rides, like we just mentioned, but also during cleaning, gardening, or crafting with your kids. Audiobooks are a great tool for your child as well during their independent time. It makes a great body double or a company for your child as they tackle a craft, puzzle, Lego, and especially their chores. Number nine, chat away. Remember, reading aloud is not a one-way street. Pause and chat about the story. Ask questions, share thoughts, and dive into discussions. Check the show notes for a download on questions to ask or conversation starters to use to prompt more discussion around your reading. Number 10, our last one before the bonus, is permission to drop. 
If a book is not engaging you or your kids, set it down permanently or for another time. You just might not be ready for it yet, or the book might not be a good fit. There are too many good books out there to suffer through one that no one is enjoying. And the bonus for our tool time here is to silence your phone and put it somewhere else. Allow your read aloud time, whether it lasts for five minutes or 20 or maybe even longer, allow that time for you to be fully present in the story with your kids. Today's mindset moment. Let's focus on deciding that progress is the goal, not perfection, and to persist. So those three P's are the mindset to hold when we're thinking about reading aloud. We want to shift from the perfection that we're seeing or hearing about someone else's homeschool and their reading aloud to progress. So if you only read aloud for two minutes at a time, persist in that. It will grow. It will grow to that five minutes, that 10 minutes, that 15 minutes. Interruptions are going to happen. Embrace those interruptions as time to lean in and deepen relationship. That's the mindset to hold, those three Ps. Progress is the goal, not perfection, and persist. So start small. Start today. One picture book today. Picture books are usually somewhere between five to eight minutes long. Grab one that you have lying around and just read it. Rinse and repeat. Going to the library for fresh books, of course, is always a great start when you're trying to amp up your read aloud time because everybody gets excited. One final tip before we leave today on reading aloud. Even a picture book can be paused and picked up and finished later. Which reminds me, would you like to finish hearing the story of the shoemaker and the elves? I thought so. Let's return and complete that story right now. As soon as it was midnight, there came in two little naked dwarves. And they set themselves upon the shoemaker's bench, took up all the work that was cut out, and began to ply with their little fingers, stitching and wrapping and tapping away at such a rate that the shoemaker was all wonder and could not take his eyes off of them. And on they went till the job was quite done and the shoes were ready for good use upon the table. This was long before daybreak, and then they bustled away quick as lightning. The next day, the wife said to the shoemaker, These little whites have made us rich, and we ought to be thankful to them. And do them a good turn, if we can. I am quite sorry to see them run about as they do, and indeed it is not very decent, for they have nothing on their backs to keep off the cold. I tell you what, I will make each of them a shirt and a coat and a waistcoat and a pair of pantaloons in the bar into the bargain. And do you make each of them a little pair of shoes? The thought pleased the good cobbler very much. And one evening, when all the things were ready, they laid them on the table instead of the work they used to cut out. And then they went and hid themselves to watch what the little elves would do. About midnight, they came in 
dancing and skipping, hopped around the room, and then they went to sit down to their work as usual. But when they saw the clothes lying for them, they laughed and chuckled and seemed mightily delighted. Then they dressed themselves in the twinkling of an eye and danced and capered and sprang about as merry as could be, till at last they danced out at the door and away over the green. The good couple saw them no more, but everything went well for them from that time forward, as long as they lived. In less than five minutes, we've enjoyed the timeless tale, The Elves and the Shoemaker, from the Brothers Grimm. In a nutshell, or a storybook ending, reading aloud isn't just about flipping pages. It's about turning on the brain's light bulbs, fostering language skills, and building bonds. I hope this episode leaves you armed with insights and new confidence from the unlocked treasure chest of benefits that reading aloud brings. So go ahead, pick up that book and let the words flow. Whether you're reading to a little one, teenager, or diving into a story for yourself, you're stepping into a world where language dances, imaginations soar, and connections bloom. Happy reading aloud.